Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are, back. Unlike Arnie, we're alive. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscan, I'm hosting today's program. If you want to know what Anarchy is all about, Anarchist Society is a society without rulers. Without rulers, not without rules. How do you form a society without rulers? You devolve power. You hold wealth in common. It's inequalities in power and wealth which generate the social political conditions which allow rulers to thrive. Whether they're elected or self appointed, they're still rulers. Okay, that's out of the way. Now, there's a lot of things happening. No, it's not Christmas, that's a few. <laughs> and it's not. Uh, what do they call it? Halloween or Christmas? No, no, no. We're talking about real stuff. And it's not the grand final. That's over. But we may use a grand final analogy later on in the program. There's a few things I want to talk about first. And again, it's the old boring activist stuff, you know, which most of my listeners, I think, are not that interested in. But some are. Now, first of all, we'd like to thank all those people who made their way to Ballarat to uh, listen to the uh, candidates for the Ballarat City Council elections. 15 of the 28 turned up. Uh, I think uh, 11, no, 12, 13. 15 turned up and 14 offered their apologies. So it was quite an interesting meeting, but the whole point of the meeting was to be proactive. We had certain uh, ideas we want to be taken up in council. One is the Eureka flag being flown on the main flagpole on Ballarat... uh, City Hall on Eureka Day, the 3rd of December. The second one was declaring the 3rd of December a public holiday in the Ballarat city of Ballarat so that they uh, could actually celebrate that day and then possibly could spill over uh, into the rest of the community. And thirdly, to uh, ensure that the Eureka flag becomes an official Australian flag. So the three things the uh, meeting was about. So let's see what happens. Let's see who's elected on the 22nd of October, we'll know who's in and who's out and we'll know whether the people who, candidates who support these positions are on council and if they are, 
then it's uh, hunky-dory. Maybe this 3rd of December, when they reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations, people take to the streets in Ballarat from 4am to 10pm, and I'll talk about that later on uh, in the next few weeks. Maybe we'll see that Eureka flag on the main flagpole on the Ballarat Town Hall for the first time in the history of that city. Secondly, I'd like to thank all those people who came to the public meeting organised by the Frankston and Hastings branch of public interest before corporate interest, PIPC. I'd like to thank all of them. Uh, they had a good afternoon, I understand. Uh, Dr Juneely was an excellent speaker and there were great questions. So uh, thanks to all those uh, people involved in that particular meeting. Now, just to make your life a little bit more complex, there's a few things happening over the next uh, week or so. If you do live in Melbourne, you've got a chance to actually uh, get involved. If you don't live in Melbourne, well, you can emulate them in your corner of the universe, especially if you live in Australia and in the, in, in the land of Oz. Now, let's not forget, we have Peter Norman Day uh, this Sunday, and we're encouraging listeners to join us at midday at Melbourne City Square. You'll find that when you get there, it'll be full of construction vehicles because it's going to be the centre for the new uh, railway line, underground railway line. But at the corner of Collins and Swanston Street is a nice open space. We'll be congregating there. We've got guest speakers. Our main guest speaker is Matt Norman, who was Peter Norman's uh, nephew, or is, is Peter Norman's nephew. And he's the writer, producer and director of Salute, uh, the movie about uh, what occurred to Peter Norman. And just in case you don't know about this, I may uh, go through the background, but it's, uh, we're very keen, very keen to see you there at midday this Sunday at the uh, corner of Collins and Swanson Street, just across the road from the uh, uh, Melbourne City Hall, just across the road, you just cross the road and there you are. You'll see people there. As I said, Matt Norman's the guest speaker. You can go to our website, anarchismedia.org, or the Pipsy website, or you can go to my Facebook page, Toscano for the number four, The Public. There's a, f- a fair bit of information about it there. But uh, who was Peter Norman? Why are we holding a small gar- gathering to mark Peter Norman Day? All right. It's about time. Now, it's about time a monument was erected to Peter Norman in the city he was born in, Melbourne. Peter Norman was the Australian 1968 Metzko Olympics 200 metres silver medalist. He paid an extraordinary price, extraordinary personal price, for supporting universal human rights. Peter was born in 1942. He grew up in Coburg in Melbourne. He represented represented Australia in the 200 metres in the 1968 Mexico Olympics. He won a silver in a time of 20.06 seconds, a time that has never been beaten by an Australian athlete. Think about that. 20.06 seconds for 200 metres. The gold medalist Tommy Smith and the bronze medalist John Carlos, Afro-Americans caught up in the civil rights movement asked Norman whether he believed in human rights and whether he believed in God. He answered yes to both questions. The Americans told him they would use the medal presentation to promote their cause. He told them, I'll stand by, I'll stand with you. 
On the way to the medal ceremony, Norman asked the United States rower Paul Hoffman if he could wear the badge he was wearing, a badge that supported the Olympic Project for Human Rights. When Smith and Carlos gave the Black Power salute, Norman stood on the dais wearing the Olympic Project for Human Rights badge to publicly demonstrate his solidarity with their protest. This is one of the great iconic moments of the 20th century. Any history of the 20th century, will you will see this photo of Smith, Carlos and Norman. Retribution by the Australian Olympic Committee was swift and brutal. Norman was reprimanded for his actions. The media in Australia, has, was to be expected, ostracised him when he came home. The Australian Olympic track team refused to send him to Munich in 1972, despite Norman posting Olympic qualifying times in both the 100 and 200 metres. The 1972 Olympics was the first time since 1896 that Australia had not been represented in the sprints. Salt was rubbed into an open wound in 2000 when the Australian Olympic Committee did not invite him to participate in the celebrations surrounding the Sydney Olympics. Think about it. The Australian Olympic Committee in the year 2000 32 years after Norman's participation in the 68 Olympics, after his participation in the protest, they continued to refuse to invite him and did not recognise his achievement. He attended as a guest of the United States track and field team. When his friends from the United States rang him and asked him, where he would be, he said, I'm, I'm in Melbourne. They said, well, you will be our special guest in Sydney. You will be a special guest of the United States track and field team. Peter Norman died of a heart attack aged 64 on the 3rd of October 2006, a disillusioned man. Both Tommy Smith and John Carlos attended his funeral in Melbourne acting as pallbearers and delivering eulogies to a great Australian who had been ostracised and forgotten by a nation that continues to give lip service to human rights. The US Track and Field Federation, realising the personal cost Peter Norman bore throughout his life because of his brave, dignified and moral stand in the struggle for universal human rights, declared the 9th of October the day of his funeral in 2006 as Peter Norman Day, a day that is celebrated in the United States and ignored in this country, lest we forget. We don't forget. Come and join us midday this Sunday, Melbourne City Square, we call it Human Rights Square, at the corner of Collins and Swanson Street. Guest speaker will be Matt Norman, the writer, producer and director of Salute, the movie which gives you a background to the story. So come along, and on this day we will begin we will begin the struggle to ensure that a statue is erected to Peter Norman and the struggle for universal human rights 
in this city within the next four years. You listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia and the community radio network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. And it doesn't end there. Because the radio station, the community radio station from which I broadcast across Australia via the community radio network, Melbourne Community Radio Station 3CR, is happy having a 40th anniversary open day. That's right. An open day from midday to 4pm on Sunday the 9th. You can come to Peter Norman Day and then wander down the street a kilometre or two to 3CR at 21 Smith Street in Fitzroy. And I am holding in my little hand, I am holding one of 100 T-shirts which mark the 40th anniversary for 3CR it says 1976-2016, Radical Radio, 3CR. I'm holding them. Now, these aren't your normal garbage T-shirts. Printed in Collingwood, across the road from uh, 3CR. And the actual T-shirt made in Australia from ethical, ethical clothing. So it's not your sweat, you know, from Bangladesh. This is... Locally made, locally produced T-shirt. They'll be going for $20, which is a bargain basement price. Obviously, every dollar raised will go to 3CR. There's only 100 of them, 100, never to be printed again to mark the 40th anniversary. So, And the only way you can get them is to come to the open day because that's what it's about. Come to the open day, Sunday the 9th. Of October. Okay, let's move on. It just gets bigger and better and brighter. Now, if you're in other parts of Australia and you're jealous about what's happening here, well, you can do the same thing because the struggle is universal. Not just the struggle for human rights, but the struggle is universal. The struggle, the struggle for equality, is universal. The struggle to devolve power is universal. The struggle to hold wealth in common is a universal struggle. And one sole, the most important purpose of this program is not to inform, not to debate, not to argue, not to look at the news in a different way. But the single most important imperative of this program, the anarchist world this week, is to encourage you to become involved in activities and social movements in this country, not only involved, but to initiate change, because nothing happens unless people like you and me initiate that change. I'll give you an example. I'll give you a simple example of something that's going to happen in this city, which should be happening almost in every city in this country. We all know that putting a roof over your head is becoming a much more difficult task for an increasing number of Australians. We all know that despite all these you know, social programs to decrease homelessness, that homelessness is becoming a, an increasingly pressing issue for an increasing number of Australians, men, women and children. 
we all know that if you're on a wage, say, less than $800 a week, which many Australians are, that over 50% of that wage will go towards paying a mortgage or paying rent. We all know that. That's why we can't, don't have the luxury of any more of having, you know, two adults living in the same home, one staying home to look after the children and one working. That's a luxury we may have had in the 60s. You don't have it in 2016 because the escalating prices of housing. We know these things. We know that housing prices have exploded and rents have exploded and it's due to a variety of reasons. And we all know that state governments and the federal governments are working tirelessly to privatise what little public housing stock remains in the hands of the taxpayer, in the hands of the citizen. We all know that. And we all know that if you don't have a strong public sector, the private sector goes gangbusters and rips everybody off and we'll talk about that later on when we look at the the damp lettuce leaf which was used to uh, stroke the face of the uh, Commonwealth Bank CEO but that's another issue. So I was at a public interest before corporate interests uh, Frankston uh, Hastings branch meeting last night. We had a guest who uh, also a Pipsy member, Howard, who told us about what's going to happen to public housing stock in Victoria. The same thing that's nearly occurred in Queensland, but it was reversed when the state Labor government was elected. But it's a different story in Victoria, where we have a state Labor government which thinks it's a Liberal government. In the next two weeks, the Andrews-led Labor government will reveal to the public its public housing strategy. And that strategy is based on giving away, that's the key word, giving away 70% of public housing stock to the private sector. Now, there's been a long softening up process because governments and the media no longer talk about public housing. They talk about community housing, affordable housing, social housing. So we are going to see this public housing stock which was bought and built through the blood, sweat and tears of generations of Victorians through their contributions, through land tax, stamp duty and other taxes, payroll tax, now being given away to privately based organisations. Some are not for for profit. Some are for profit, some will be religiously based, some will not be religiously based. 70%. And we looked at each other at the meeting and we said, 
what can we do? And people spoke about information meetings and people spoke about stickers and people spoke about alerting people and, you know, and I thought, no, this is garbage. This is total garbage. This is an important initiative that has been going on for decades in this country. At the end of World War Two, 300,000 public housing units were built in the space of five years with federal and state money in order to provide housing in a period when housing was not available. Bang, 300,000 units. In 2016, when we've got an overheated private sector, when property prices are escalating, when it's becoming more and more difficult to get rental accommodation, where rents are rising, where homelessness is increasing, what does the government propose? Privatising public housing washing their hands like Pontius Pilate, washing their hands of their responsibility to the population, hiding behind the terms community housing, affordable housing, social housing, saying what great people we are. We are going to give it across to these private organisations. They will manage it on behalf of of the federal and of the state government. A little bit like when welfare was handed over to private religious-based organisations. You know? A little bit when the tertiary sector was fully privatised, as we've seen with the VET scheme, where hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, were rorted because there was no longer any public sector to act, education sector to act as competition to the private sector, like we, have, we are seeing with the child care industry, industry, which is subsidised by the federal government, where we've seen hundreds of millions of dollars, if not over a billion dollars, rorted. So every time, every time in the history of this country, we have seen public assets privatised, we have seen two things happen. Prices escalate, competition is reduced, and services deteriorate. So the exact opposite of what we are told consistently will happen when private, when public assets are privatised. No wonder, as public interest before corporate interest, we were livid. So we've formed a new organisation. This is an initiative of PIPSI, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, Defend and extend public housing. And we've not only just formed a new organisation in the last 24 hours, we will be holding mass rallies in this state in order to ensure the public housing sector is not given away to the private sector, to ensure the public housing sector is expanded. And how do you do that? Because we're always told, there's never enough money. There's never enough money, boys and girls, is there? Never enough money. Simple. Many people pay land tax in the state of Victoria. 100% of land tax 
should be used to build new public housing. The current government is making hay through stamp duty. Stamp duty brings hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, into the state coffers every year. And with the escalating prices of houses, it's become bonanza. 25% of stamp duty should be set aside to create a strong, viable public housing sector, which is managed by the government, not by the private sector. Then we have this unbridled development which is going on in Victoria and I'm sure the rest of Australia. It's a simple thing to pass legislation to say that if your company builds more than 30 units in a 12-month period or 30 homes, that 10% of those homes become housing stock, public housing stock. And why 10%? Because building developers rely on public infrastructure in order to ensure that their developments occur. Public infrastructure. So why not? You could quite easily, rapidly, if you instituted these three ideas, all land tax revenue to be diverted into the public housing sector, 25% of stamp duty revenue to be redirected into the public housing sector, 10% of apartments and houses which are built by a single corpora- a particular corporation are to be given over to the state government as public housing. And it wouldn't take long for things to improve, not just in terms of providing housing to people who are homeless and also providing a different framework where people on low incomes can actually get into public housing, but more importantly, having a strong public housing sector would ensure that the private sector faces some competition. It will result in a decrease in rents in the private sector and it also would help to deflate the housing bubble which has been created by the fact that governments are no longer involved in the provision of housing for their citizens. These are simple ideas. So what are we going to do? Am I going to pontificate for the next 20 years about nothing and watch all this happening? Not on our watch. Not over our dead bodies. This cannot be allowed to occur. It didn't occur in Queensland because the Labor Party was forced to put forward a policy that opposed privatisation and it can't occur in Victoria. So we are calling a mass rally for Thursday, the 20th of October, at 11.30am on the steps of Parliament House because they are the ones who will be making these decisions. On the steps of Parliament House, 
not just one rally, but rallies month after month after month after month after month after month until the November 2018 state election. This is an initiative of public interest before corporate interests. It's an initiative which should be supported by everybody in this community who believes that housing is a right, not a privilege. Who believes that everybody in this society should have that opportunity to have a roof over their heads. Who think that it can be done. So I'll say it again, and over the next week, We'll set up websites. There'll be more information. But all we need on the day is your body, you. We'll have a number of guest speakers. The uh, co-conveners of Defend and Extend Public Housing, yours truly, Dr Joseph Toscana, and Mr John Twegg. A steering committee has been set up. Faye Roth, Julie Jones, Beryl Jarrett, Roger Pereira. This is a work in progress. This is the beginning of a social movement that says enough is enough. This is not just one little rally. This will be the beginning of a political and social movement which will stop this government in its tracks, which says enough is enough. We have had enough of the privatisation experiments in this country over the last 40 years at both the state and federal level. We have had enough. This is the final straw. The final straw. And we need people like you to come on the day. And we want to make a lot of noise because we want them, we want them to hear us in Parliament. So I encourage you to bring in your pots and pans and bang them 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 until somebody begins to take notice that this is not what an increasing number of people in the community want. We have seen over the past 20 years a denigration of the concept of public housing, a public denigration in the corporate-owned media, especially the Murdoch media, of people who use public housing, who need public housing. We now see state governments who call themselves Labor. They've taken the U out of Labor. It's L-A-B-O-R, not L-A-B-O-U-R anymore. We've seen governments like that now jumping into the privatised maze. First of all, it was the port, Melbourne port. Now it's next it's public housing. Who knows what's next? And we've seen over the past 40 years the privatisation of the banking sector, the privatisation of the education sector, the privatisation of the welfare sector, the privatisation you know, of, uh, of childcare, the privatisation of... of uh, unemployment sector and the list goes on and on and on and on and every time we see rorts we see private corporations private companies ripping off the taxpayer we see governments of all political hues washing their hands 
Pontius Pilate style of the messes they've made. And we now are reaping the benefits. That's right, the benefits of those policies. Increasing disillusionment, increasing apathy, increasing crime, increasing social dislocation, increasing internalised anger leading to depression and suicide. And the call is more police, more laws, not social change. Put more into the community. Think about it. So, put it on your calendar. Thursday, 20th October, first rally for Defend and Extend Public Housing, Steps of Parliament House, 11.30am. Join us. We'll get a bevy of speakers. We'll have an open microphone. Don't expect huge numbers for the first rally, but this is just the beginning. And if this government, if this government wants to pursue this policy despite the increasing number of people who are becoming becoming involved in this campaign, they need to think again. Because public interest before corporate interests, once registered as a Victorian political party, will put candidates in every electorate and in the upper house. Because this cannot be allowed to occur. This will not occur on our watch. It will. It will not. Peaceful, social, united social movement. It's our very peacefulness which makes us undefeatable. They can use their laws and their police to harass movements like that. But us remaining steadfast and peaceful will ensure that we win this battle. So you don't have to join anything at the minute. You don't have to ring anybody. All you need to do is come on the day. Bring your friends. Put it on your Facebook page. You know, email people. Telephone the media. Tell them it's happening. 11.30am, pots and pans, State Parliament House, Victoria, Spring Street, Thursday the 20th of October, defend and extend public housing. This is an initiative of the public interest before corporate interests, a new political movement and political party that uses direct action, consumer boycotts and stands candidates in elections. We need more members. If you want to join us, go to the website, Pibci, P-I-B-C-I, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Download the application form. Join. It's free. Haven't got a computer? Give us a call. 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. I'll send you out as many application forms as you like. The sooner we get 500 members that are on the electoral roll, the sooner we can register as a political party. The sooner we can cause these people heartache. Because the only thing they understand is resistance. Not just in terms of direct action, but political resistance in terms of electoral change. That is something they understand. Especially with a preference system. You may not be elected, but your preferences can cause them a lot of trouble.
or you can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. So who says we never organise anything? Okay, let's move on. This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast via the Community Radio Network across Australia, via the Community Radio Network. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. The program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au via 3CR in Melbourne, 855 on your AM dial in Melbourne, Victoria. But for the rest of Australia, through the Community Radio Network. As I said before... This is something you can organise. Here we were, you know, at a meeting, thinking about what we can do. Bingo. Start it off. Change. See, hope. Hope is the love child of desire and expectation. If you don't have hope, you have nothing. And hope is that desire for change and the expectation that change will occur. We have a desire for change. This is not just a reactive movement that says, no more, no more. This is a proactive movement. It's not just defend public housing. It's defend and extend public housing. And it has positive ramifications for everybody except the investment class. Hmm? Because provides housing for the homeless, provides housing for low-income earners, provides a mechanism by which to drive down rents. A vibrant, strong public housing sector puts profit, puts pressure on the private housing sector and drives down rents, which assist all renters. At the same time, as rents are driven down, investors are chased out of the markets, property prices dropped, and that may be unfortunate for people who own property, but it allows other people to enter the property market who've been priced out of the property market because of the ridiculous price rises that we've seen over the last decade or so in this country. So this is a win-win situation. It takes a little bit of courage, a little bit of organisation, but most importantly of all, it needs you. And we don't, the, we don't need the corporate-owned media and we don't need the government gelded ABC We have the mechanism. You have the mechanism. You've got a Facebook page. You've got a telephone. You've got friends. You may know people who are in public housing. You may be on a public housing waiting list. You may be in public housing. You may believe that public housing, that housing is a right, not a privilege. And if you do so, you can spruik this rally. And don't forget, put your... Bring your pots and pans because the din we will make is a din which will reverberate through Parliament House on that day. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia and the Community Radio Network. Let's move on. Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice having the CEO of one of the banks, well, a few of the banks over the next few days, trape into Parliament House and look really, really, really sorry? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry you ripped you off. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you know what you can do with fucking sorrow? I'm sorry to be crude. You can't eat it. You can't wear it. You can't have a sexual relationship with it. What you need is compensation. 
And what you need more than compensation is mechanisms via which these transnational organisations can be brought to account in this country. And a Royal Commission, which has been, uh, you know, touted by the Labor Party after years of pressure on the Labor Party to raise the Royal Commission as a, to the banking sector as a uh, political option, what a Royal Commission does is it shines the light on their practices. As we are seeing with the Royal Commission's institutionalised child abuse. Do you think all these people who are now in front of courts, do you think all this shameful material which is now in the public arena would have been there without a Royal Commission institutionalised sexual abuse? Of course it wouldn't be there. And do you think if Mr Abbott had had his way, we'd have a Royal Commission into institutionalised child sexual abuse? Of course not. And it's the same with the Liberal National Party today. They're not interested in a royal commission to their mates in the banking sector. They're not interested. No interest. So we've got this little thing, and the CEO goes there and says, I'm so sorry we ripped them off. Did you fire anybody? No. Was the board changed? No. Were your practices radically altered? No. But we're sorry. We'll never do it again. Oh, come on. A bloody soap opera. It's like hitting me on the head with a wet lettuce leaf. Bang, bang, bang. It's pathetic. Pathetic. And what's even more pathetic is is the uh, Murdoch media. Keeps away from it. Not interested. You know, all they're interested in is creating fear in the community. We need more police. Come on. What do they think we are, bloody idiots? We need mechanisms by which to keep the corporate sector under control. Think about it. I was looking at Mr Trump, and I think the Americans, I shouldn't say this, maybe they deserve Mr Trump as their president. But uh, it was interesting. Poor Mr Trump. Yeah, somebody's got to take his side. I mean, he's nobody likes him. Well, 45% of Americans do. But, you know, but if you listen to the uh, corporate owned media and the government guild at ABC, you think that he's a pariah. You know, he says, well, I had a billion-dollar loss in 1995. I've been ripping off workers since time immemorial. I don't pay my bills. I don't pay tax. I'm a businessman. What's your beef? I've done it legally most times, not all times, but most times. And then I thought to myself, how about our own Mr Trump? the man who's responsible for the type of society we have today in Australia, the man whose media outlets, that's right, News Corporation and 21st Century Fox, continue, continue to destroy any chance of reform, let alone radical change in the society. The very man who make the exploits of Mr Trump look, like kindergarten shit. Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Now, poor old Trumpy, we'll call him Trumpy, all right? I like that name, Trumpy. Poor old Trumpy may have had a billion-dollar personal tax loss in 1995 and hasn't paid any personal income tax since, you know, riding on that legal billion-dollar tax right. 
But Rupert Murdoch took it one step further. I love Rupert. He's the epitome of crony capitalism. He took it one step further. He received, legally, an $886 million tax refund from the Australian Tax Office in 2013 when his boy Tony Abbott became Prime Minister. I mean, all the scumbags fly across the USA and genuflect, whether it's Mr Rudd, whether it was Mr Mr Abbott. Oh, 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 thank you, Rupert. Thank you very much, Rupert. Oh, I'm going to be Prime Minister now. Thank you very much. You love me. What oh, a crap. $886 million. And when the bloody treasurer, who's now the, I can't even remember the idiot's name, who's now the, 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 the US ambassador, was asked for a comment, he said, No comment. No comment, boys and girls. You know, commercial inconfidence. No comment. It's all done legally. Come on. And then you get a little lettuce leaf and put it on the head of the CEO of the Commonwealth Bank. Maybe they'll anoint the CEO of the ANZ Bank and the National Australia Bank and Westpac. Anoint them. Give them a medal. Maybe an order of Australia. And we live in the land of opportunity for some. It's ridiculous, isn't it? How can it be more ridiculous? Poor old Trumpy gets pilloried. Not Hillaried, but pilloried. And we get... <laughs> Rupert gets away with it. Scott 3. Now, poor old public interest before corporate interest in the Anarchist Institute has been holding little meetings, little gatherings outside the Herald and Weekly Times building in Melbourne. We've had no interest from anywhere else across the country. You know, and these little things, we get 10 or 20 people holding these people to account. Come on, Australia. Why don't you join us this Friday, 11.30 in Federation Square, and then we'll walk across to the Herald and Weekly Times building, stand out there for an hour, act as the community social conscience. I mean, the 2013 escapade was totally legal, and they're right. You know, when Chevron pays $286, or was it $284? I can't actually remember. While somebody who earns $20,000 pays over $700 in tax, all right? And IKEA pays 3%. And one third of Australia's richest 1,500 companies paid no tax, and the others pay voluntary taxation. When 21st century Fox pays less than 1% tax, when that... You know, Murdoch's flagship in Australia, you know, the Australian newspaper, and why do I keep on harping on newspapers which are dead things? You know why, you know why I keep harping on them, the legacy media? Because they continue to set the political, social and cultural agenda every day because the bloody radio and television takes its run from what's in that trash that people read, which they think is news, something new. Or analysis, unbiased analysis, where it's in the Fairfax media, the you know, or the uh, Murdoch media, trash, total, unadulterated trash. I mean, what do they do on a daily basis? Humiliate those least able to defend themselves. Use language to denigrate people on social security benefits and wage earners and unionists in the eyes of the community. 
criminalise the fact that people are members of trade union, criminalise the fact that people, you know, need uh, public housing. On a daily basis, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's the strength of community radio. That is the strength of community radio. It gives us a different window, a different way of looking at the same trash. And the older I get, the more determined I get. Not angrier, no point getting angry. All you do is get a stroke. Determined, determined to ensure that these changes will not occur on our watch. Because we have a responsibility not just to each other and to our family members and to our friends, but we have a responsibility to the community as a whole and we understand we have a responsibility and that's what gives us our strength. They only have a responsibility themselves. The corporate world, the tax bludgers, the 24-carat leaners, they only have a responsibility to themselves and their major shareholders. They are in the business of creating profits irrespective of the human, social, environmental you know, costs. They don't give a shit what happens to the country. They don't care. They don't need to care. Because what's in their pay packet is determined by how many people they screw over. And that's why we get the head of the CEO, as he's been hit with the, his little lettuce leaf, you know, from the parliamentarians who are asking him 20 minutes a question, you know, each one is allowed 20 minutes. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. No, they can't have their money back, stuff them. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. No, 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 we didn't get, didn't fire anybody. I mean, if we had to fire them, then we have to say we're guilty. And if we're guilty, we have to give them their money back. And maybe even the board would have to resign. We couldn't have that. I could even lose my job. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Extraordinary. What extraordinary crap you and I have to put up with on a daily basis in a land of milk and honey. We have private companies that wrought the VET system, vocational training system, of hundreds of millions of dollars and it takes six years for somebody to actually do something about it. We have welfare, you know, agencies, so-called welfare agencies, which basically line their pockets and provide services and we continue to have increasing levels of homelessness. We have a state government in Victoria that is going to privatise 70% of public housing in the state and not one political party will come out against it because they say, oh, well, it's for social housing, it's community housing, it's affordable housing. And see, this is the beauty about how the language is manipulated to ensure that they get their way. Well, it's time we called a spade spade and we use that spade to dig their intellectual graves because they've got nothing to offer us more of the same more of the same what was the great thing about the last federal election here I am in the electorate of Dunkley there are over 90,000 electors right electorate of Dunkley 
I stand on a platform, make the 1%, pay 1%. What's my, what's my voting? 1.31%. 1,132 voters in that electorate vote for me on that platform. Hmm? Everybody else runs off. Same old parties expecting something different. And what happens after the election? Nothing is different. Business as usual. The corporate sector continues to dominate the financial sector. The pay-as-you-earn taxpayer continues to pay the bills. The trans, you know, that's the 1% continues to be the 1%. The trickle-down effect becomes the trickle-down effect. And when things go wrong, they say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Come on. I didn't even see any tears. I mean, if you really want to be convincing, you need to go acting school. When you say you're sorry, if you're a corporate CEO, or, you know, you need tears running down your face. Make it real, man. Make it real. Spend some money on acting school. You don't get a tax refund for it. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. This is vaudeville. This is vaudeville. I mean, you'd think the anarchist world this week was part of the French festival. We're not part of the French festival. We're talking about reality, the real thing. So put it in your diary. Peter Norman Day, midday, this Sunday, 12 to 1, corner of Collins and Swanson Street, across the road from Town Hall. Forget about all the building garbage that's going on. We've got a spot there. Join us, Peter Norman Day, midnight. Honour a great Australian who's been written out of the history books. After that, walk down to 3CR for the open day, 12 o'clock to 4pm. Get one of these great T-shirts, only 100. 20 bucks. Every dollar goes to 3CR. Ethically made, made in this country, good material, 20 bucks. Who says we can't do it here? Then put it in your diary. Thursday, the 20th. Thursday, the 20th of October, Outside State Parliament, Spring Street, 11.30 sharp, defend and extend public housing. We'll have a bevy of speakers and an open microphone. Bring your friends, put it on your Facebook page. It starts today. Enough is enough. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast via the Community Radio Network. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Yes, we do answer letters. If you want to help us with our postage costs because we answer letters, send us stamps, $1 stamps, to Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. Go to our website, anarchistmedia.org. Pibsi, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Go to my personal Facebook Facebook page, Toscano, T-O-S-C-A-N-O. The number four, the public. Interesting, Toscano for the public. Everything's there. Become a friend. Like the page. Doesn't mean much, but it's a beginning. Join us. And that number again, 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in to The Anarchist World this week, next week. Blood destruction Sorcerer of death construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 
10am every Wednesday. Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.